<laughs> I've been waiting a long time for this. On talk, no shock. <laughs> From the Emerald City of Seattle, it's the Mike Seibert Radio Podcast. Your home for pop culture, Transformers, independent artists, interviews, Transformers, and stuff and things. Also sometimes Transformers. And now, here he is, the man who has a master's in advanced burrito, Mike Seibert. Hey, welcome back to Mike Seibert Radio, powered by Poddex. I am your host, and this week... I'm commemorating five years of Mike Seibert Radio. Uh, later in the show, I will replay the live stream I did last Monday night, August 10th, uh, which was the actual anniversary of the debut of my show. But what I would like this episode to be is uh, kind of a, a mile marker of sorts, a, uh, a place I can send you in the future if you're a new listener and might be wondering about where to start listening and to get caught up without having to wade through almost 300 episodes uh, can be awfully intimidating. And, and speaking of, I've just now realized that episode 300 is just around the corner. I have no idea what I'm going to do yet. So uh, if you have any cool ideas, hit me up. Uh, but it's uh, it's not easy it's not as easy uh, as going back to episode number one um, and then just binging through because there is no episode number one, and I will explain why in just a moment. Uh, but first, some introductions. I, you know, I often say that every podcast is somebody's first podcast, and if that's the case. Welcome! Uh, my name is Mike Seibert. For those of you that don't know me and for those of you that do, I'm sorry. Uh, I am a uh, podcaster from here in the Seattle area, and I call my show Mike Seibert Radio. And that's the first clue about what my show is actually all about. Like other uh, more popular shows that are named after the titular host, uh, Mike Seibert Radio is a show about me, uh, my interests, my perspective, my outlook. Uh, it is at its core a, uh, a pop culture show. You know, focusing primarily on interviews with independent artists, uh, ranging from musicians and bands, authors, comic book creators, and as well as a growing, uh, now growing, uh, rotation of guest co-hosts like local radio personalities, as well as fellow independent podcasters and otherwise uh, like-minded folks. I present long-form conversations, uh, so my my episodes aren't generally short. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I present long form conversations that kind of go beyond the surface and hopefully immerse you in a way that makes you feel like you're a part of the conversation along with me and my guests. Now, the vast majority of my interviews uh, and artist spotlight episodes are, I, I guess, what I would call a promotional in nature, meaning that the guest that I'm interviewing generally has something to promote or talk about a new book, a new show, uh, something that I'm interested in that I would like to share and would like for you to check out. I generally don't 
pursue guests for interviews uh, just cause, uh, meaning like, you know, folks that maybe I would like to talk to, uh, but I, I'd like to have something to help you promote. Uh, tell me about your thing. Tell me your story. Um, that's kind of more my thing than, well, you know, who who can I get on my show? That that kind of thing. Not to say that that doesn't happen for uh, from time to time, like, uh, you know, my recent interview with Flint Dilly, for example, was, uh, you know, emblematic of that. You know, I, I it was obviously um, an incredible uh, vanity get for myself, uh, but also I wanted to help get the word out and promote his book. So so that that's kind of what what the deal is on that. Um, I've uh, I, I've said previously that I'm a champion of sorts for independent artists and while that is true i'm more of a champion for my friends and i'm always interested in making new friends as such my show is not specifically serialized like like autopod decepticast or more than meets the pod or transformers university uh, take your pick in in fact the large majority of my show is actually dated uh go to a concert on this day check out this fan convention that day pick up this book coming out that day um you know download an album dropping that day you get the idea um however there is also kind of a loose continuity that that comes with any kind of ongoing show um especially when it comes to recurring and returning guests certain milestones iconic episodes and as I've I've come to the realization recently in uh, in corresponding with folks, it can be hard for completionists who would like to experience some of that back history. Um, but it, it gets complicated uh, because uh, basically like the first eight months of the show, uh, when I had no idea what I was doing or what my goals were or uh, really where things were going, um, uh, none, the first eight months of the show are not uploaded chronologically. It's just kind of all over the road. Um, so let's start with names and numbers. Uh, this show wasn't always known as Mike Seibert Radio Podcast. In fact, the show started as a college radio show on 89.9 KGRGFM out of Green River College in Auburn, Washington. I'll go deeper into that history during the live stream later, um, and I may end up repeating some of this uh, material that I'm sharing with you now. But what's important to know for starters is that while I was recording my live radio shows as I was doing them, I wasn't necessarily uploading them as podcasts right away. That came later after the show had become more established and, uh, quite frankly, the demand was there. I had the shows. Folks wanted to check them out. So that's that's kind of how um, I started uploading my live radio show as a podcast. Now, I'm also glad that I decided uh, that early on uh, that I would load my shows on my personal SoundCloud page as well as on the KGRG website, because if I didn't, my first 100 shows would be gone forever. Um, I just checked out KGRG.com and there is no trace of me or anything um, that I ever did, though the the overall structure of the website that I designed is still there. So that's that's kind of a neat legacy but um uh so there there are also podcasts that are loaded chronologically that 
actually also predate the launch of my show on KGRG, um, including uh, an interview I did for my communications class at the college and episodes I made for the podcasting class I was taking at the time. Uh, again, if it's if it sounds confusing, it's because it is. It uh, it does get a little messy. My live radio show launched on Monday night, August 10th, 2015, and would later become known as Mike After Dark. Not because of any specifically risque content, uh, but because I was inspired by another show with a very similar name. Um, and I, uh, I, I'd turn off the lights in the studio where I was broadcasting from because the fluorescent lights would hum so loudly that you'd be able to hear it over the air or so I'd been told at the time. Um, and I just liked the, 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 the ring of it. I just liked how after dark sounded. It just sounded like, you know, it was, it was a late night show and it was literally after dark and I just kind of ran with it. Uh, later with the addition of a regular co-host and producer, the show evolved into Mike and Mickey after dark and then later evolved again into a new relaunch show that I founded called the Monday project, a show that would actually continue to air with new hosts uh, rotating in and out long after I graduated from the broadcast journalism program at Green River College and moved on from KGRG. Now, I should also tell you at this point, I work for a news and talk radio station here in Seattle, applying the skills I learned being part of KGRG, along with a recommendation from my instructor and mentor, Charlie Harger. I don't specifically talk about my work on the show, on the podcast here, because, well, the content is so radically different uh, than what I do here on the podcast, and there really isn't any overlap. Plus, my boss, um, my boss, who also hosts his own podcast, uh, recommended I try to have some distance. Um, the way I look at it is my podcast here, Mike Seibert Radio, is my hobby, and my work is, well, my work. Um, I, I do have the unique opportunity and luxury to, once I clock out from work, um, I have access to the studio equipment, and that's in part why the podcast Mike Seibert Radio sounds so good. It sounds like it was recorded in a radio studio because... It is. Uh, Mike Seibert Radio Podcast launched with legacy episode numbering similar to mar modern Marvel and DC comic books, uh, debuting with episode 103 and continues with that same numbering to this day. And if I had the opportunity to do it all again, I might have actually just started over with a brand new number one, you know, also similar to those Marvel and DC comics and like I did with the Monday Project. Uh, but at the time, I was afraid of losing the equity I perceived uh, would come with uh, a podcast already established with doing over 100 shows. So... Given that I didn't actually number my podcast consistently until episode 100, uh, where is a good place to start for those who want to catch up? You know, honestly, and, and I thought about this, um, I would say that episode 100 is actually a great place to start um, in that same way that this 
anniversary episode is kind of a mile marker, kind of a capstone. Uh, episode 100 is as good of a recap of the KGRG era of the show up to that point. You know, uh, during that show, we played a bunch of vintage clips, talked about the history of the show, and and several former hosts returned. Um, even now, it's still one of the funnest shows I've done. Uh, that episode aired back on July 3rd of 2017. Now, from there, you can hear the growing pains and listen as the show evolves from being a college radio show into a proper podcast. Along the way, I, I meet a whole bunch of new friends as well as maintaining a lot of those connections with folks that I encountered and worked with during my time at KGRG. So that at least cuts down your potential binge listening by at least a third, if uh, if that helps. And before I play the audio from that live stream, again, kind of doing more of a a reminiscent, free flowing deep dive into uh, into the history of the show. Um, I, I'd like to briefly touch on each year of the show and point out some of the highlights and kind of give you some spotlights on stuff that I, I would recommend uh, you check out. I've also set up brand new playlists on my SoundCloud page, one for each year in addition to the current existing playlist for each era of the show to make it even easier to pick through what you'd like to listen to. Um, So prior to the beginning of what I will just call year one and the official launch of the show on KGRG, I did my first podcast about Transformers the movie, uh, which uh, I, I podcast about often. But the uh, the first instance of Transformers the movie actually occurs before um, the launch of the KGRG show, so that episode is worth checking out. Um, I also talk about a news story that I did about Hitchbot, the adorable hitchhiking robot from Canada. Uh, that uh, that was a lot of fun and really kind of in uh, informs the way that I present information if that if that makes sense uh, just kind of like my style and cadence and the and the way I present news stories uh, so those episodes are going to be at the very end of the archive amongst the first shows that I loaded so year one uh, spans from August 10th 2015 to August 8th 2016. Now, for the first couple years of the show, they're they're not numbered by episode. They're put up by date. So those are the that's how they're labeled. August 8th, 2016 is the last one of year one. Now, um, there's a there, there's a tons a ton of highlights uh, within year one. Um, I mean, obviously, it's the beginning. So, you know, it, it's the uh, first time uh, Mickey shows up and becomes part of the show, as well as inter- introducing our cast of interns, uh, the formation of all of our games and segments like This Day in Geek History, Is It Real or Is It Fake, the Slumber Party, as well as a, a bunch of others that I'm sure I've forgotten about because I haven't listened to these episodes in a really long time. But um uh, other highlights, I would say, are Nerd Rock Extravaganza, where we played a bunch of nerd music on the radio. Uh, my first recorded interview with Kyle Stevens from nerd rock band Kirby Crackle. I, I interviewed him 
uh, previously as part of uh, the Buzz Morning Show, but I believe that interview is lost to the sands of time, unfortunately. But my first interview is available during year one. Um, I would also recommend folks check out our Star Wars The Force Awakens episode. It is my first recorded movie deep dive and is still one of my favorite um technological feats um basically we recorded that episode in half hour spurts over a month and then stitched it all together into one uh seamless two-hour show and i'm i i still really enjoy how that turned out that's uh that that's a really fun one regardless of how you feel about the movie it's uh it's it, it's fun times um i would also steer you towards uh episode dated um august 8th of 2016 which is our first anniversary episode kind of recapping the year that was so if you uh just wanted to cut to the quick i would say go to august 8th 2016 for one year of mama madness and then of course the uh transformers the movie 30th anniversary special um that was a really fun episode i played the entire soundtrack album for the movie and gave additional commentary told stories and that was a um that was a blast so we move on to year two which starts um August 15th, 2016, and goes to August 6th, 2017. Now, this is basically kind of where Mike and Mickey are at the height of our powers, but year two is also the end of the MMAD era. So there's a, there's a lot of growing pains and, uh, and, and an eventual evolution as well, but that's where we got connected with a bunch of cosplayers and Comic-Cons. Um, we did, uh, you know, like our first, uh, artist spotlight episodes with Blackie Shepard. I, I met, uh, uh, Burr Martin, the selfie dad, you know, and, uh, and of course the, uh, launch of the Monday project and, uh, Desmond and Elijah joining the show. Um, highlights I would say would be, uh, episode number 65 of the Monday project, uh, dated, uh, d- uh, October 31st, 2016. That was the Halloween spoop spectacular that was uh that was a fun episode where we all uh showed up in halloween costumes and and just had a had a really fun halloweeny episode uh that's also year two and it, and it's so hard to believe now that that it's it's been so long but episode 100 is in year two so um so uh, that one's highly recommended as well as episode 20 of the Monday project that was the these young fools uh, artist spotlight that was the first time we had a live band performing uh, in the KGRG living room and uh, really hit it off with those guys that was a blast and then uh, come back for episode 102 see I tell you the the numbering convention is kind of goofy but episode 102 it's the flicker and fade uh, artist spotlight episode again with uh, uh, with the band performing live, but it also is my last episode as host of the Monday Project on KGRG. So that that's um, that that's that kind of makes that kind of special. Now that takes us into year three, which goes from August eleventh, two thousand seventeen, through um, August sixth, two 
2018. And this, uh, uh, so it begins with episode 104, and it includes uh, recaps of my trip to China, um, has uh, the first TV extravaganza uh, for a, a fall TV preview that we did with Dave Sanders. Uh, this is where I start also doing more movie episodes with Killing Spree. You know, we talked about Blade Runner 2049, uh, Justice League, and a, and a bunch of others. I tell the um, famous or infamous story about how I met Kevin Smith. Um, I also get into... Uh, some of the uh, anti-human trafficking advocacy I was doing, uh, uh, the community work I was doing with Federal Way Coalition Against Trafficking. Um, it's the first time I interviewed uh, independent artist Lucia Fasano uh, in preparation for Crackle Fest 8, uh, that uh, yearly celebration of your nerd rock during Emerald City Comic Con weekend. Uh, but also... The spotlight episode I would recommend from uh, year three is episode 150, and that is my interview, my first interview with Aaron, Ryan, and Caleb, the Autopod Decepticast, and that's where the tone really changes and starts to become a Transformers adjacent podcast that you get to hear now. Um, another highlight that I would point out and uh, this, uh, this kind of um, uh, caps off year three. Um, I did a very lengthy and uh, personal uh, third anniversary uh, special, very similar to the live stream that I got play for you shortly but even more deep and personal than that because i like i start telling like childhood stories and and going very very deep um so that's uh that's one i would recommend you would check out as well as episode 146 that is my interview with ron reinhardt he is the lead singer of uh, one of the pioneers of thrash metal back in the day dark angel um that is still uh, my most listened to episode, or at least uh, according to my stats, I have one that that that's incorrect. Like I think those uh, Russian bots got in there, but uh, but outside of that, the Ron Reinhardt interview is uh, number two of my most listened. So I, I I think I connected with a new audience there. But that's uh, that was a wonderful conversation and uh, worth your time to check out as well. We move on to year four. And that brings us to starting with episode 170 of Mike Seibert Radio on August 15th of 2018 and concluding with episode 227 on August 4th of 2019. Uh, highlights from that year, I turned 40 and we uh, um, I talk about my trip to San Francisco for uh, for my birthday. But as I said, it uh, it gets real deep into uh, Transformers content. I'm I'm talking about TFCon. I'm talking about TFCon Chicago. I interviewed Colin Douglas, the the uh, organizer of TFCon. I traveled to TFCon in Chicago, uh, the first time I had uh, gone to a fan convention um, outside of the Seattle area to participate in a panel uh, during the 
convention thrown together by the Autopod Decepticast guys. Um, uh, I also did uh, interviews with both Michael Geisler and Corey Smothers. Uh, Incidentally, Corey Smothers, congratulations, brand new dad uh, coming up. Uh, He and his his wife are expecting. I just saw that on on Instagram. So congratulations to those folks. But I, I interviewed Michael and Corey a couple weeks apart and um uh separately and coincidentally but i got more or less two sides of how uh the band flicker and fade that we had you know really connected with in big bad way um uh dissolved in and uh, split off into different projects so that was a uh, um so that there was a lot of insight there but i also did uh, separate interviews and episodes with Aaron and with Ryan. Uh, I talked to Ryan about that uh, that awful uh, RC upgrade kit. I also met uh, Anthony Brucalli, the uh, owner-operator madman behind uh, TFU.info and host of Transformers University. That was the first time I had him on the show. Uh, Kyle Stevens from Kirby Crackle returned to talk about 10 years of nerd rock and announced the lineup for Crackle Fest 9 during episode 200. And I uh, uh, traveled to uh, LA, uh, Los Angeles for TFCon LA. My gosh, so many highlights. Uh, during May of 2019, it was alumni week at KGRG celebrating the 30th anniversary of today's rock. Um, I was invited to return and I did one last Monday night. I called it Mike After Dark Returns. Um, I vacationed to Toronto, to uh, uh, to Niagara Falls and TFCon. Um yeah, that, that was a very, very busy year. Uh, I also got uh, involved with Sidefest here in uh, the Pacific Northwest. I got to host my own panel about Transformers the movie. And I uh, I did uh, one last episode with Mickey where, you know, we hadn't seen each other for a couple years. And we uh, uh, this was before I went to Toronto, but we had a, we had a, a wonderful conversation and it almost felt like old times, almost. Uh, but the uh, uh, the spotlight episode I would recommend you check out is episode two hundred and twenty two. Uh, that is the um, that's the episode I did with Mickey, and then the episode after that, two hundred and twenty three. That is when I tackle the. Uh, Transformers fandom ask list for the first time uh, from Tumblr. Um, And it's interesting, even now, uh, two years later, or a year and a half later, how my answers have changed as I've gotten even more involved with the Transformers uh, fan community, uh, especially my answers regarding pairings um, are are delightfully naive. It's kind of kind of funny given uh, what I know now, which uh, which brings us to year number five uh which starts with episode 228 uh coming out on august 12th of 2019 and that's where i meet greg and yoshi we talk about uh their transformers reanimated project uh their their fan fiction i interviewed livio ramadelli about his uh first creator own project called the kill lock uh, i interviewed flint dilly about his book the games master i joined the 
the Specscript family. Uh, uh, Chris Hotomy joining me uh, a couple times on the show to talk about uh, various uh, Specscript episodes. And year five is really kind of like a, a lot of rinse and repeat. Like, you know, I, I talked to Chris Hotomy a lot. I talked to the APDC guys a couple times. I talked to uh, Ant from TFU.info a couple times. I talked to Lucia Fasano. I talked to Kyle Stevens from Kirby Crackle. It's, uh, you know, in going through it, it, it is weirdly a lot of the same. Which I think, though, year five is what I would say is where I'm kind of at my most comfortable because, you know, it's like, you know, once um, like like a pair of Nike Air Monarchs that you're getting ready to, to mow the lawn in, they're the they're comfortable shoes, you know how they fit and you can start running in them that uh, that kind of thing. So that's kind of what year five was for me. Um, but then then the covid hit. You know, the the pandemic and the shutdowns and and um, and then ultimately a uh, a return of sorts, you know, where where I kind of get this newfound motivation to uh, to resume podcasting. And I, so I guess for spotlights, I, I would um, I, I'd say a couple things. One, uh, episode 285 which is uh, my uh, my Transformers the Movie episode. Um, I'd also recommend you check out episode 230. Uh, that is um, uh, TFCon Toronto. That's the one, uh, my, my more infamous episode, where I just ran through Artist Alley and, and talked to um, as, as many of the folks there as, uh, as I can get on tape before, uh, before my batteries ran out. And I'd also recommend you check out episode 231. That is my interview with uh, nerd rapper Sean Berg, the word burglar. Um, and he's a, he's a fun dude. He does awesome stuff. Um, but that's, again, kind of like where my Transformers fandom is really kind of like at its peak. And, um, and we even get to some GI Joe as well. So as you've heard in recent episodes, GI Joe fandom has kind of, uh, kind of crept its way back in as well. But again, as I said, also, uh, episode 285 and 286 those are the two uh Fest northwest episodes uh one is the return of the legacy of the transformers the movie where me and a half dozen of my friends uh wax philosophical about our our thoughts about the movie as well as uh 286 being my um artist spotlight episode with uh blackie shepherd and billy montfort the artists of transformers number 21 and that um that that brings us to year six, where which is starts with episode two eighty seven, the 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 place that you're at now, the episode that uh, that you're listening to now. So uh, and now you're caught up, and we're we are starting year six. Um, so coming up next, as I said, it is a replay of my live stream from Monday night, August 10th, uh, 2020, the fifth anniversary of the launch of the show that started as a college radio show. And then after more than a few lineup changes and growing pains and evolutions, uh, became the podcast you're listening to today. 
Missed last week's episode? Have trouble remembering that hot take you heard? Find it all in the full archive on SoundCloud.com by searching Mike Seibert Radio. This episode of Mike Seibert Radio is powered by Poddex. Now, you've heard me mention that to open the show for the last several months, but what does that actually mean, and what are these Poddex that I speak of? Poddex are unique podcast interview questions and episode ideas right there in the palm of your hand. Conversation starting cards that will help you have fun discussions, grow your audience, and set you apart from the pack. No pun intended. Or maybe it is. There are a variety of Poddex combo packs, including the episode and interview decks, the second edition interview deck, the would you rather and what the heck decks, Or you could do what I did and just buy the entire library of all five unique pod decks. Go to poddecks.com for more information and use my discount code MSRP10 at checkout to receive 10% off your first order. That's discount code MSRP for Mike Seibert Radio Podcast, MSRP10 at checkout. Now, I discovered Poddex during the pandemic and at a time when I wasn't sure if I wanted to keep podcasting, but finding Poddex kind of helped light the fire under me to get me back on the mic. So when I say powered by Poddex, it's not just a sponsorship program, it's a motivation as well. So whether you are just starting out or are a pro podcaster or content creator and want to add more tools to your arsenal, shuffle up, ask a question, and let your audience get to know you and your guests better at poddex.com and don't forget to use my discount code msrp10 at checkout to receive 10 percent off because if you forget they don't kick anything back to me that's again discount code msrp10 at checkout poddex.com what i thought i would do is talk about the uh, five-year anniversary of my show, uh, now called Mike Seibert Radio. It originally started um, without a title uh, back on KGRGFM 89.9. Um, and Facebook brings up uh, memories of things that you post. And I also um, occasionally used like a, like a time hop app and some other things that, that remind me of things. Now, when I first first did my first show by myself on KGRG. I took a doofy selfie as anybody that follows me on socials will know that's kind of my thing. Um, and, and it postdates it and I forget about it. So um, I remember the, you know, first August anniversary, you know, uh, so connected with Transformers, the movie, but I always seem to forget August 10th and I don't know why. Um, and, and it sneaks up on me every year. I, I guess I just assume that it was like, I don't know, like the, um, the seventh or the ninth or, or something like that. Um, but I always forget that's the tenth. That's why this is all just kind of impromptu out of um, seemingly nowhere. Now, let me go back a little bit. Basically, where where Mike Seibert Radio starts, where I start as uh, becoming a radio personality, uh, if you want to call it that, is um, at Green River College in Auburn. I uh, that summer I had taken two 
uh, parallel classes, uh, Journalism 110 and Journalism 120. Journalism 110 focused more on live FM radio on KGRG-FM 89.9, where they're playing Today's Rock, and it's... Um, it's DJ boot camp, basically, where you learn the fundamentals of running a board, uh, doing breaks, uh, a lot of lingo, you know, introducing songs, kind of the, the, the technique of that, and just, uh, again, the, the mechanics of uh, being a part of a live radio station. And I was immediately taken by it. I, I even now, regardless of my fumbles here. And I think this is part of the reason why I wanted to do this also, because there's, I, I've talked about this very recently with regards to the live streaming that I've been doing, you know, some of my live interviews and certainly the uh, uh, panel for Sidefest last week where we're just doing it live and as a live stream. I love podcasting. I love recording. I love, um, you know, getting my hands on the editing and doing all of the processing and polishing and all of that. All the technical stuff really speaks to me and I really enjoy it. But I think the thing that I miss about being on KGRG is um, being live. There, There is something that triggers and I had kind of forgotten about that until uh, recent weeks when I'm doing more live stuff. So like even now I'm talking to you on Zoom and when I hit live to go on Facebook, there's a little notification up in the corner. It's red. You know, red usually means hot mics or, you know, recording or live or whatever. But, you know, it says live on Facebook and I suddenly get tongue-tied. And I get that red light disease. And it's just like that gasp of, oh my gosh, this is live now. And um, it, it is interesting because I've noticed that my live on-air technique really hasn't uh, changed much over, over uh, the last five years. Arguably, I'm way out of practice because I've spent the last three of those five years uh, focusing primarily on podcasting. Um, it is just interesting that the, the little bumps and mishaps that, um, uh, that I just had here, that really, it's live. You know, there, there's, there's nothing... I could do about it. I, you know, if this was to be a podcast, I would go back and edit and polish and clean some of the stuff up, but that's not something I can do now because it's already happened. But that that's the thing of live radio is that it's it's just going forward and it it kind of is what it is. And that's the thing that I loved about the program at KGRG is that you kind of learn to hone your craft and, uh, and to get better. And it's, it, it's an incredibly satisfying process, uh, one, for somebody like myself to kind of see my own gradual improvement. But the thing that I really enjoyed was watching the improvement in my friends and even more than that, the folks that I would end up going on to train and mentor when, you know, the shoe flipped on the other foot. And, you know, I, I went from being, you know, a, a uh, um, still a student, but, you know, having one quarter of experience, you know, suddenly that makes me a veteran DJ and, and capable of uh, uh, teaching other folks. 
Um, so summer 2015, I, uh, I wrapped up my um, IT degree at Green River and truncating a lot of uh, storytelling that I've either told in other places um, or just don't want to get into for, for um, expedience, I, um, I signed up for those two classes uh, continuing my uh, education at Green River. And the other class that I took was Journalism 120. Now, I told you all about Journalism 110, the, uh, uh, the live radio class for KGRG. Journalism 120 was the opposite side of the coin of that, that being focusing on digital radio and podcasting. Now, I should note that five years later, the classes have been kind of um, re, uh, reimagined, and I don't remember the class number now, uh, but basically, Charlie Harger teaches the class, and he now focuses primarily on podcasting. At the time that I took the class five years ago, it was kind of a hybrid of podcasting, but also on uh, voice tracking for KGRG1, the uh, KGRG's AM station, Your Classic Alternative, where basically it's also a a very useful uh, skill in radio in that a lot of radio stations that you hear, especially now in uh, in these unprecedented times, uh, they a, a lot of radio professionals do what what is called voice tracking, where they basically go into a studio and record their air breaks. Where it'd be like, "Hey, what's up? Uh, this is Mike here on KGRG One. That was Heart Shaped Box by Nirvana. Coming up next is Pearl Jam on KGRG One. You know that, that kind of thing. But you you record it. You're not even listening to the music. You're not part of that process. But then the upload of your voice track gets played uh, live on the air. Um, so like when, when we started our shifts were in the middle of the night. So like I had a shift from like one o'clock in the morning to like four o'clock in the morning, but I recorded it all the previous afternoon. Um, actually even earlier than that, like three or four days, uh, before. And that was kind of neat because it was a exercise in brevity. Uh, an exercise that I'm still not very good at, as you can well tell here. Anybody that knows anything about me, either the way I talk in person or the type of podcasting that I do, I, I can't speak quickly, unfortunately. I, 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 I thought about, like, why use one word when 12 will do? You know, that, that's, kind of, uh, that's kind of my thoughts on brevity. But it was an interesting challenge in that, like, you have, like, 90 seconds to talk about a Nirvana song and a Pearl Jam song and maybe something having to do with classes or school events or concerts or something. Um, so it was a really cool exercise. But also, it had um, that focus on podcasting. And... Um, as as I said, I took the class. Uh, Charlie Harger was the instructor. He's a, a reporter uh, for Como Radio, uh, award-winning journalist Charlie Harger, as uh, um, as most refer to him as. And the um, 
the thing about taking those two classes, I just did it for fun. You know, I've, I've always had a fascination with radio. And at that time in 2015, I think kind of my fandom of uh, uh, radio stations like KSW uh, here in Seattle had, and, and even beginning into podcasts with like BJ Shea's Geek Nation and the stuff Kevin Smith was doing. Um, all of that was kind of like at a, at a bit of a fever pitch. It's like one of these things where because of like the extra time I had on my hands with, uh, you know, wrapping up uh, school and just the way that I was consuming uh, things, I just, again, I just, I, I got into it as a fan really hard. So I, I did have this vague uh, pie in the sky dream of wanting to do some uh, podcasting for, um, well, either radio or podcasting. For, for me, even now, there's, there's a lot of commonality and I don't quite understand the folks that are partisan about it one way or the other because there, there are radio folks that say they don't understand podcasting. There are podcasters that feel that radio is outdated, antiquated, um, irrelevant. Um, I don't think either of those approaches are correct. Um, I have feet in both camps, and I've I've never felt that like there there's like a push and pull whether you know I I'm drawn to one camp or drawn to the other. So it's, um, it's always been interesting. But anyway, so I take these classes, not with the intent of, you know, pursuing another degree, and certainly not looking for a career because, you know, I, I have a freshly minted uh, IT degree, I'm supposed to be out looking for um, a IT job. And I'm just dabbling around with this, uh, this radio stuff for fun. And then something happened. Uh, we commonly refer to it as being bit by the bug. And from, I, I don't know exactly when I got bit by the bug specifically, but it was, it was at some point where I realized not only was this fun, but this was very fun and very satisfying. And I found myself happy in a way that I hadn't been uh, for quite some time. Now, I've, I've talked in other places, I'm not going to go over it here, where basically I was in a huge transitional phase in my life where basically I had um, uh, chose to switch careers. Um, you know, we had had some uh, loss in our family. A lot, it, it was, it was uh, from, from 2012 to uh, 2014, 15 was like this huge time of reevaluation of in my life where it's like, what, this is the way I have lived. Maybe it's time to start looking at something else a little differently. So I, I was, I, I guess, um, vulnerable to be uh, bit by a bug and to be uh, taken in with with something so radically different, but something that I had so much love for. So basically what happens is you take the course during the summer 
And then when the quarter ends, you essentially, you know, become a veteran on the staff and you have a, a choice at that point. You can continue to be a part of the radio station. You can have your own show, your own air shift, um, as well as continue to participate. And that's what happened. Uh, the, 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 the longest story shortest is that's what happened. I got bit by the bug and I was like, I kind of want to see this through. I had made some really good friends at that point. Uh, we were all in the midst of talking about doing shows together. Um, and, it, and the class of folks that I was with, you know, I had grown very close to. And it was, you know, we had already had adventures at that point, And it was, um, it, it was just a really cool sense of camaraderie. So the class ends... I want to say end of July. And so the first week after the quarter ends is when I started my own radio show. And that ended up being on Monday, August 10th, 2015, the five-year anniversary that we're commemorating tonight here live on the live stream instead of on the radio. Um, and really what i did for the first several weeks maybe even a couple months was just talk i i did norm what what i would consider to be normal dj stuff i talked about the songs i talked about upcoming concerts i talked about station events maybe some class events community events um very basic um, nothing that I would, I would even say that was, um, uh, remarkable though. I don't think that's the case either because, um, very early on, I, I kind of gained a reputation for kind of being uh, aggressively promoting of things. You know, it'd be like, Hey man, you know, sign up for these classes and you get to, you get to take a class with Bob Rivers, you know, and just, you know, just kind of really, uh, leaning a heavy elbow into that um that typical Mike Seibert enthusiasm that um that you all kind of know me for and yeah and, and for like i said for for quite a while that's that's just basically what i did and it, it was it was fun but as i got more confident more better and associating with uh more of my classmates, you know, like like I joined a a morning show uh, with uh, with my dude Dave and a and a, a bunch of our other friends, and my show just gradually um, expanded and got larger. You know, I'm talking about more topics to the point where by the time uh, September rolls around, September of fifteen, I'm feeling confident enough to. Uh, uh, bring a CD of the Transformers the movie soundtrack and uh, my Monday night shift happened to fall on my birthday and for like the last hour of the show I played songs from the Transformers the movie soundtrack on today's rock <laughs> and I think from that point forward was where I kind of really understood that I can make the show my own and really kind of put my own spin on things. From there, you know, I, I started bringing nerd rock to the table. 
you know, with uh, uh, Kyle Stevens and Kirby Crackle playing, uh, playing those songs. And in addition to that, just playing stuff out of regular rotation um, that I liked. You know, I, I played a lot of Bad Religion and, you know, a, a handful of other things. But the thing that was also super rad about being on KGRG is that I, um, I, I got to... I got to experience a lot more music than, you know, I, I hadn't really been exposed to. And for, you know, to be indelicate about it, it's, it's, it's young people music. It's, it's alternative rock. It's, it, it's, uh, I, I remember saying this at the time and a lot of my classmates really bristled at this, but I, I was like, well, you know, it, it's hot topic music. Well, what do you mean? Well, it's music you hear in hot topic. And, um, and like I said, you know, my, I, I don't think my classmates really, um, uh, really took to that very well, but you know, it's, it's, um, from there, my, my palate and my taste sophisticated to where it's like, oh, it's not just hot topic music. It's warp tour music. So, you know, it's, 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 you know, part of that scene. It's the music you hear in zoomies and in the van store and, and, uh, and you kind of get the idea, but it, it really, stuck with me in a, in a way that, um, you know, because like I was, I was over 30 at that point and well, shoot halfway to 40 at that point. And when you get to a certain age, your musical taste kind of closes off and you're not as open to, uh, to new things. And so I, I was grateful that I was exposed to music that I really hadn't been because, you know, kind of um, I, I had the attitude of like, well, this isn't for me. But when you're living with it and not just playing it, uh, but also communicating with an audience, you know, because like, you know, I, I would get requests and I would talk to folks and I would ask listeners. I'm like, they'd be like, hey, can you can you uh, uh, play Motionless and White? And I was like, sure. Which song do you want? Blah, 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 blah. Uh, and I'm like, well, what do you like about it? You know, so I, I would engage with, uh, uh, with the audience on that. And I think that's one of the things that kind of helped my show become popular um, as, uh, as it were. So from there, what happened, this, like I said, this takes us to about September. And the show develops very rapidly. And, it, and it's interesting because like, I, I think the incremental steps that I would be talking about would normally span months or years. And it's interesting with regards to my show, how quickly things just kind of, um, just kind of came together. Um, so by that October, um, a, um, a new student. Her name was Mickey. She, uh, you know, joined the class and I don't remember how I got connected with her initially. Um, I, I think, oh, she's told this story and she tells it better than I do. But basically what happens is when you, when the new class starts, so this would have been fall, um, when the new class starts, it starts with the veterans coming in, introducing themselves, uh, telling a little bit about what they do at the 
at the radio station at KGRG. And then if they have a show, you know, they can kind of solicit the students for um, uh, intern opportunities. And basically what an intern does, quote unquote, is basically they, they kind of mentor with the veteran DJ and, you know, they just kind of work closely together and, you know, um, have them answer the phones or give away concert tickets, uh, social media stuff, um, download music, uh, whatever. It really is just kind of up to the host to do whatever. So I, I, you know, I was like, hey, man, I do this show called Mike After Dark. And, well, you know, what what do you do? It's like I I I play weird nerd music and I and I talk about uh, comic books and and movies and and fantasy football and all this other weird stuff that that nobody else was doing on KGRG at that time. And arguably, they probably shouldn't have been because I I think the stuff that I was doing was actually more appropriate for podcasting. But where I I kind of um, I ended up in podcasting through live radio. The podcast, you know, and if you go back through the show archive, the first 103 episodes, the first, you know, two years of Mike Seibert Radio are basically KGRG live radio shows that have, were, were basically recorded, uh, processed, edited, and repurposed as podcasts. I didn't do specifically Mike Seibert radio as a podcast until episode 103. So, and that, and that would have been, uh, August of 2017. Yeah. It seems August kind of, kind of fits into a lot of, uh, a lot of these anniversaries here. Um, anyway, back to Mickey. So I had, um, you know, I, I was like, Hey, I, I'm looking for interns and she reaches out to me um, sometime later, maybe like the following week, uh, I think she had listened to my show and I had, um, uh, put a tweet out at some point saying like, wow, for as busy as, as my show is getting, because it was getting bigger. I was playing more music. I was taking more requests and, um, yeah, it was, it was just getting busier, uh, more, than one person can could uh, could reasonably do. I was like, man, I I really should uh, get an intern. And she reaches out to me and she's like, hey man, um, you know, do do you want to uh, do you want to take me on? And, and of course. Um, uh, so uh, Mickey was a running start kid, you know, kind of uh, um, you know, kind of coming. Uh, from high school into uh, a community college setting, half my age, a uh, completely different viewpoint on just kind of like life and the way uh, things were. But what I also found, and I, I still, I, I think, I think this is why she and I clicked so well, is because I had like a kind of like an old person, kind of like a grump uh, Gen X perspective on things where she had a young Gen Z uh, standpoint and by our powers combined, we're just making fun of millennials, which was the, the, the majority of our classmates. You know, a lot of folks were like in their, um, 
uh, late teens, early 20s, mid 20s. So, you know, a, a lot of our earliest episodes together is just really just kind of, you know, making fun of, uh, quote unquote, the millennials. And it was, it, it was, it was, a, it was a very interesting dynamic. And it was, uh, it was definitely an unexpected uh, dynamic. I don't think either of us expected uh, to hit it off as, as well as we did. Um, I, I had mentioned quite a bit ago that um that Mickey tells the story better than I do and the the one thing that she she um uh mentioned is the the reason why she was initially intrigued uh with uh with me and my show is because she uh, uh the apparently I I was wearing one of my Greg Norman polo shirts with the ones with like the little, little shark logo and she's like, yeah, you had a shark on your shirt, so I knew you were cool. <laughs> it's just like, it's just, you know, the, the most delightfully random thing. But I just, I, I thought that was, um, I, I thought that was a lot of fun. And so from there, you know, so Mickey joins the show October 15. And then from there, it's, it's just nowhere but up. We're, um, you know, the show is getting bigger. We're uh, we're starting to uh, do interviews with bands, and again, kind of trying to curate our own playlists. I'm finding music. She's finding music, and it, it's becoming a very large, elaborate show. Um, also, during this time, um, I, I had mentioned kind of like the the show host uh, specialty show intern dynamic well we continued that so basically what happened was mickey finished her quarter of classes and then stuck on with me and i think we were still calling the show mike after dark at that point so it was you know it, it was mike after dark with with uh with mickey you know she um you know very quickly um, asserted herself into a position as a co-host, and um, and and that that all just happened very quickly. But then another thing that happened was that we were in a position to take on multiple new interns, and this is probably the period of the show that I am the most proud of, and I still kind of touch on. As you know, when when my KGRG nostalgia gets like way um, over overdriven, it, it's it's through this era because we um, we can't be stopped. I mean, you know, we're 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 um, quickly becoming one of the more popular shows on the um, in the lineup. Um, you know, kind of like neck and neck with uh, with the very popular Buzz Morning Show, which you know I I, I was a part of. Um, but we we had something different in that. Basically, what we did is it was kind of like a we just we just kind of presented it as a party type show where it's this grumpy old guy and this plucky young person uh, full of sass and moxie, and we're just taking listener requests 
and giving away concert tickets and playing our own wacky music and talking about our cartoons. We talked about, you know, um, uh, Steven Universe about as much as we talked about Transformers. And, you know, it was just, it, it was, it was just a weird, wacky mix of stuff that could only have been put together by Mike and Mickey uh, collaboratively. And why this becomes my favorite era of our show is that not only did we take on interns, but we took on multiple interns. You know, there, there, were, there were times where we had like two to three, uh, maybe even sometimes more um, interns as the show went on. And we kind of built on a reputation of, you know, being a, a very intern-friendly show. You know, we, uh, th- there were times our cast was um, rivaling the size of that of that post-rock show. So it was, it, was, uh, it, it was a very interesting time. But the other thing that makes me so proud of it is that it was when the show was at its most diverse. You know, we would get international students that would uh, uh, take the radio class as an elective, you know, just for funsies, you know, not intending to be part of the radio program or had aspirations to, you know, get into radio or anything like that. But um, again, I, I'm still so proud that like, you know, we would take like, I mean, I, I you know, the two that, that stand out in my mind the most are uh, Emma and Vivian. The, these were um, uh, just two very shy, soft-spoken uh, international students. And, you know, they, they didn't talk on the radio much, but when they did, it was always gold, you know, like the, the, the meme of a crispy chicken sandwich, you know, beca- became like, like just, you know, common nomenclature uh, for us. But um, I, I, I'm just, I'm just proud of that because like we had um, I, at least, oh gosh, I, I, I've lost count of all the, the interns that, that we had rotate through the show. But the thing that I will always remember is how diverse the cast was. I mean, it was a rotating cast. So like, you know, like Emma and Vivian did their, their one quarter and then they, uh, they moved on to other classes and other opportunities. But, um, but yeah, it was just uh, that, that dynamic uh, was, was always just um, um, super, super cool. And so then we had folks like Amanda, uh, the Amanda happening that that came along, and she stuck with us for oh gosh, maybe almost a year. Uh, Spencer with fries, you know he uh, uh, he came in as well, and that was the other thing we had. Uh, we had several interns that like would join the show and then not rotate out. So we had like you know like two to three um, additional co-hosts so this is this is kind of rivaling the size of say like i don't know a a real radio program you know where it's like you know you've got somebody dedicated to the phones you've got somebody dedicated to social media um you know just just kind of messing around with that and yeah no it was um oh it was as i said it was it was it was an interesting time um it was at that point and i want to say it was around March of 2016. And it's interesting that it took, you know, October, November, December, January, February, March, almost five months 
of uh, Mickey being on the air and being uh, such a large um, influence and driving creative force of the show that it was time to change the name. You know, we, we'd been calling it Mike After Dark this whole time. And um, one day, and it was interesting, like, you know, I, I would start off my live shows with an introduction very similar to what you hear on the podcast now, where it's like, you know, hey, welcome back, blah, 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 blah. You know, the, the, the verbiage was all different, but the, the, the tone and the thrust was, was essentially the same. But I just dropped, you know, instead of saying Mike After Dark, I just called it Mike and Mickey After Dark. You're listening to Mike and Mickey After Dark. And it was, uh, it, it was a surprise to both Mickey and Amanda. And, and that's what the show was for um, almost a year. I should have some of this stuff written down. Now, I don't know if I necessarily have to... Uh, get into the full story of kind of how that era ended because it it has it has even now after after these last few years it, it still has kind of a um, a weird ending the the shortest version is that you know I I met Mickey when she was. 17 so she was still very much a young person trying to figure out their place in the world completely understandable she is in a uh, college environment where you know she's she's taking new classes pursuing a career she was uh she was taking uh classes with an interest in oceanography uh was you know enamored by whales and and marine biology and and that's really kind of you know what what brought her to brought her to the college and like myself she was kind of you know doing the the radio classes you know just kind of like as you know just for funsies and that was really you know um as kind of an elective you know my mine i was just doing it for fun but hers you know she had you know specific academic um uh interest in that um more or less what happened was we found ourselves without even realizing it on different trajectories as the show got bigger and better and with more interns a larger cast uh increased focused larger profile i became a very interested and obsessive with uh with our growth um you know it's like hey this is this is going well what can we do better? You know, pushing the needle, kind of pushing the envelope to a point where, and, and I don't even realize when this had happened. I could tell you when it happened. Um, but basically what happened was I, uh, one day, it, it came to a head on one show. And basically what had happened is we, th those alternate trajectories kind of collided. And I was at a spot where I was blinded by my, um, I don't know, kind of, kind of taskmaster perfectionist personality. And she was more freewheeling and having fun. 
and it became kind of a mismatch. And what had happened is prior to the show, um, we had a number of guests. There was like a half dozen of us. There was uh, myself and Mickey, uh, two or three guests, two or three interns, and we went on an outing prior to the show. And everybody is having a great time, except for me, because while I, I, I'm, I'm having a good time, but I'm having a good time at a, at a distance. Like, it's in the back of my head that, okay, well, this is fun, but we need to get back because we have a, we have a radio show that we need to do. And we made it back. We made it back, quote unquote, just in time you know, to uh, start our show at 9 p.m. on Monday night. And um, because we kind of came in hot, I totally uh, blew the, the introduction break. Very similar to how this whole thing, uh, this, uh, this live stream that you're watching now started off incredibly awkward to the point where I almost stopped it and said, you know what, I just, my mind isn't right. And, you know, I was getting distracted in the, in the background and things like that. And so I sounded like that, where it's like, I was, I was all over the road. I wasn't coherent. And the long and short of it is that I sounded bad and I got mad. Um, furious actually, threw my headphones off, had a fit, and I blamed my friends. I blamed them for distracting me and for, for not taking things seriously. And so that happens. And prior to the next week's show, this, this was the following Monday afternoon. I'm like, hey man, we, we, need, to, we need to talk. And the the conversation started with well this is where i feel like we're at i feel like i need you to take things as seriously as i do that kind of thing i'm way paraphrasing and she's like well that's cool um i uh i'm at a spot in my life where i don't know if I can do that. What I did not know is that she had some stuff going on in her personal life and her home life and academically and professionally. And, and really, she didn't need uh, her fun, creative outlet to kind of collapse in on her. And, and that's really kind of what happened. And, you know, we had gone into the conversation um, you know, just kind of looking to have an open dialogue about where things are at. Nobody was looking to um, break up the band or to stop doing what we were doing or ending the show. But we we radio broke up, and it was it was interesting. So so it was still it was still really weird. And this was. Uh, this was in November of 2016. So really, the Mike and Mickey After Dark era really only goes from um, from I, I think I had said March, and it was it was actually um, December of 15, I think. Um, but yeah, basically, um, it, it was just under a year. Where, where we had called it uh, Mike and Mickey After Dark. And it's so interesting because it feels like we did 
three years worth of programming in in um, in one year. It was just because uh, I mean, again, they were we were doing three hours of live radio once a week, every week on a Monday night, and it was uh, it it was it was something pretty special. But then on, um, I want to say it was around Thanksgiving time. Where and so it it would have been November of sixteen and anyway so we we radio broke up and on that day um, Mickey goes one way I go the other way and, and this is like a handful of hours before showtime I I don't know maybe maybe three four five hours before before showtime I go home and I I tell Lucky about everything that happened I'm like boo hoo hoo we radio broke up. And she asked me, Lucky did, she's like, well, what do you want to do? I'm like, I want to do a show. And, and that was the thing too. Mickey had also shared with me that she's like, I don't, I don't think I want to do a radio show right now. Um, you know, we, we, had, um, we had kicked around the idea of taking a break. And I'm like, well, if we take a few weeks off, how do you think? And she's like, I appreciate the offer, but I don't think it would help. I'm like, all right, cool, man. So, you know, I, I, I go to Lucky for advice and she's like, what do you want to do? I, I go, well, I want to do a show. In fact, I have a show prepared already. You know, it's like I, I have this new uh, uh, MC Lars and Mega Ran CD uh, with uh, brand new songs uh, that I want to share. Um, there's, I went to a concert over the weekend. I want to talk about that. And I just kind of went over everything that, um, uh, that I had going on. Um, and she's like, so you should go do that. So, and I thought, I was like, well, what do I do? So what I did was I went back to the studio and at, at this point, our, um, our couple interns, we had let them know that, you know, the, the, the um, uh, show was canceled. Um, whatever that meant at that point, you know, maybe it was, it was canceled in perpetuity or, or, um, or just for that evening. It doesn't really matter. Anyway, uh, she, uh, um, I, I do the show by myself. No interns, no Mickey. I didn't call it Mike After Dark. In fact, if I, if I remember correctly, and I probably should have re-listened to the episode in preparation for this, but I think I'm just saying you're listening to KGRG. It's like I, um, I don't think I played any of the show intros. I think I just did kind of like a stripped-down back-to-basics version of what the show was and from that point then I start thinking about what's next what am I going to do uh Mickey's gone um I I do still have uh one of my interns uh Hunter um who ended up being one of one of my favorite folks and it kind of for a few weeks it became kind of like uh, uh, Mike and Hunter after dark. We, we never called it that. It was, it was um, in fact, I think this is just right now uh, the first, uh, first time I, I think I've mentioned that, but it was just he and I for, uh, for a couple of weeks. Um, but then like the, the quarter ends, uh, Christmas comes and goes and um and it's time for something new. And I'm just like, what am I going to do with the show now? I obviously need a new name, um, need, a, need a new sense of direction. And 
um, again, Lucky just says, why don't you just call it the Monday Project? And because like, I didn't want to name it after myself. You know, I'd already gone from like Mike after dark to Mike and Mickey after dark. And I was like, I don't want to get into that situation again. Um, so I wanted to have a more evergreen name. And what the new theme of the show of the Monday project became was that it's, it's a show that's always under construction. So like a lot of the more rigid format stuff that kind of caused that friction uh, between uh, me and Mickey. And it, and it was, it was, it was foundation that we had built ourselves. We, we had more or less, built a format that was so strong that one we made it kind of monotonous and we also made it too rigid and inflexible it's like okay well we have to do uh this day in geek history at 8 30 we have to do is it real or is it fake at nine you know we have to do slumber party at 9 30 you know th those those kinds of um things where those are all components of professional radio shows but when you're just doing a college radio show for fun um you know it, it just it kind of becomes uh too uh, oppressive so with the monday project i i thought it was my opportunity to learn from my mistakes and um rebrand basically you know and and what's funny though is whether it's uh, Mike After Dark, Mike and Mickey After Dark, The Monday Project, and now Mike Cybert Radio is like, I, I always have the these periods, fits and spurts, where I feel the need to reinvent. And I've said this for for a couple years now that like, you know, I, I'm, I've occasionally gotten that itch where I just want to revamp Mike Cybert Radio. But what I've also found is that I do that as I go. Like, you know, um, I, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but like that's, th there's been some rolling changes that, um, uh, that, that I'll talk about here. But basically what happened was, you know, uh, rebrand it as, as the Monday Project. And it's still kind of the same type of show. Um, you know, we, we bring on uh, new interns, uh, old interns uh, rotate out, you know, uh, um, Hunter transfers to, um, to another school, um, to where he's pursuing his stuff. And then I get um, uh, two new interns that would kind of help me define the, um, the um, end game uh, the the concluding trajectory of my time at KGRG, um, Airhorn Elijah Biggie from KGRG, and uh, and uh, Desmond, uh, who was an international student, and it it was just the three of us for uh, for a while. And I think the thing that that I had that we had gotten away from in the post Mike and Mickey era was that, you know, it, it's kind of like a more streamlined cast stripped down back to basics type of thing. Um, another thing I want to kind of mention in here as I, as I'm kind of um, uh, looking at my listings of uh, my episodes and incidentally, every episode of every show minus a couple uh, here and there, um, those are all up on SoundCloud and I've got, um, specific playlists for uh, uh, Mike After Dark, for Mike and Mickey After Dark, uh, and for uh, Monday Project. But I 
something else just occurred to me as I was going through here is that um, from August 10th, 2015, I did a show consecutively every single week from, um, from then up until uh, February of 2017. And back in November of 16, when Mike and Mickey radio broke up, um, I, you know, I, I, I shared with Lucky that that streak was super important to me. It, it's absurd now reflecting on it, but it was something that was important to me because like one of the things that I thought was super cool in that once the show grew to the point where I had a regular co-host and producer and a rotating cast of characters that like there were times that I was gone, um, you know, like on trips, vacations, whatever, they did the show without me. Um, and in fact, rather than shuttering the show for a week, it would be a celebration. You know, we would call them guest palooza's where it's like, you know, and, and likewise, it would be the same when Mickey was gone. So like if Mickey was gone, I would bring in like two or three of my other friends and, you know, we would just, uh, you know, hang around and talk about wild dog for, for, uh, for a half hour on live on the air. And so, and, and that kind of helped keep the streak alive. Like there was, you know, I, I was proud that um, I was responsible for two, uh, two years of unbroken Monday nights. The only thing that broke the streak, and I think this is what kind of got me into um, perspective, that helped me learn that perspective was snow. What it what happened is like, you know, we had gotten like a couple feet of snow and anybody that they may be listening, watching this from outside of the Pacific Northwest, when it snows in Seattle, people lose their minds. It's impossible for folks to drive. And basically, um, I mean, we, we think like the, the COVID shutdowns are bad. Um, just, uh, you know, it, it's the same thing when it snows. Uh, so basically the campus was closed and I remember this very vividly. I go to the campus and there is a campus safety vehicle at the driveway with a dude standing outside, outside the vehicle. They're specifically to turn folks away. I pull in and, and he's like, can I help you? I'm like, I, I'm here to do my radio show. I'm part of KGRG. Campus is closed. I'm like, yes, I, I'm aware that campus is closed. Uh, but I'm, I'm here to do my radio show. Nobody is allowed on campus. I'm sorry, what? Well, yeah, no, the, the, the snow. We're, we're not letting anybody in. So I got turned away and I had to go home. And that, that was, it was weird. Just um, through weather. <laughs> that, that was the thing that, that, uh, that ruined my uh, two-year consecutive um, streak on the air. Um, so yeah, so so around that point, you know, um, uh, Elijah and Desmond joined the show, and that's when kind of it it becomes the Monday project as it would later um, become around the station. We did the show um, basically uh, together from um, around around February all the way through uh, July of seventeen. So it was really only you know it's. It's so weird. Like I said, you know, I talk about these eras and it feels like 
a year or a couple years, and turns out it was it was less than six months uh, where we uh, where we were doing episodes together. But um, in a way that the um, Mike and Mickey After Dark show grew in terms of like the content that we were doing, the Monday Project grew in a different way, um, and we started. Uh, doing more uh, artist spotlights where basically that, that was the first time that I had interviewed uh, Blackie Shepard. You know, um, we've, we've seen and heard from him a lot on, on my, uh, on my channels recently, but he, um, he, he was close by. I reached out to him. We had him up to the radio station and he was just a, a guest and co-host. And we, you know, just uh, uh, talked for, you know, three odd hours and, you know, talking all about, you know, just his work and his art. And, and I think that's where the beginnings of what would become the Mike Seibert radio interview shows uh, would would kind of come from uh, because like I I remember like I and I I had done several band interviews not just for uh, the uh, the Mike and Mickey show but also just for the, like the station you know it's like the program director would reach out to me and say like hey we've got this band from England their uh, um, you know their their record rep had asked if you know we could do some press for him uh you seem to like doing interviews would you you know would you reach out to him um i i also had a really good functioning uh relationship with uh with trev dad uh he was uh he was i think he was music director acting music director i don't know but anyway like he he would send me these emails with band contacts constantly so it was during that era that i kind of um, uh, got this taste for uh, band interviews, you know, kind of like the the beginnings of tell me your thing, tell me your story. I also want to note that at this time, I, you know, I mentioned I, I played the soundtrack for Transformers the movie uh, back like on my birthday in September of 2015. The only other time that I had done any Transformers-related content was um, on the 30th anniversary of Transformers the movie. That that would make sense because that'd be about um, that'd be about five years ago. Um, anyway, I just thought it was weird that because, like, you know, for as Transformers-centric as my show now is very little transformers in the in the uh KGRG era. Uh we did one um anniversary extravaganza and it was actually after hours. We I I did it like in the middle of the night too. It was like we we did our show from like 9 to midnight. So then I stuck around for another hour and a couple of my co-hosts hung around, hung tough with me for a few, but then they eventually uh drifted and faded, which uh which I thought was uh which, which was kind of nice that they hung around as long as they did. But um, uh, basically, the, this, was, this was a time where we were, we were really getting connected with bands. And, you know, I, I had uh, become acquainted through um, Amanda trying to, um, you know, uh, um, a, a band discovery that Amanda had made. I, I connected, we connected with a band called Mary Tree. 
and they were from like uh, like Charleston, South Carolina. So we, um, you know, did a couple interviews with them, played a lot of their their stuff. Um, also connected with a uh, band called These Young Fools. Now, I I don't know if I can tell the entire story of how we've been connected with with uh Michael Geisler and his music and because it's 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 a it's a part of uh the fabric of the show that's still to this day like uh, most episodes of Mike Seibert Radio you can hear the uh the instrumental version of their song a nice place to visit um Michael was awesome enough to um uh, allow me to use that use that music um but that that was that was the first band that we as a team you know uh me elijah and desmond really connected with in in a big bad way they were the first band that we had um up to the station to perform a uh, live set and you know, and and really I had kind of shied away from from live sets um it, it was like you know I I was part of a post rock show for for a while on KGRG and, and we had multiple live sets where like the band and all their gear comes up and you you spent hours uh connecting it and a lot of obsessive details and and a lot of the stuff that you know, I, I just shared with you kind of broke me and make me, you know, kind of be unpleasant to, um, I, I became the guy that I swore that I would never would be, um, because the host of that post-rock show was that, that person. And that the, the lesson that I learned from them is that I learned about the broadcaster I never wanted to be. And unfortunately, when, when things came to a head with, uh, with me and Mickey, I realized without even my knowing it, I, I had become that person and it, and it hit me kind of hard. Anyway, live sets during the, the uh, Monday project. We, we ended up having um, a half dozen different bands from, from other parts of the area and it became a staple of our show. And it was, it, it it was tons of fun. It's it's one thing to connect with the band and say, "Tell me about your music. Tell me your story." Um, but it's another thing to have that with them performing live music right in front of you. It's 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 a it's a really cool, unique experience where you bring up a band and they're performing just for you. Um, as selfish as that sounds, um, they're also performing for the audience, and that and that's what it is too. You know, it's it's sharing their music and their stories with the audience, and that and that's that's what I always loved about um, about my time at KGRG. Um, but like all good things, my time at KGRG came to an end, and the only reason why my time at KGRG came to an end is because um, two years prior, so this was knee deep in the Mike and Mickey after dark era. I, I, I got this, uh, I got this incredible opportunity and I had been working part-time for a couple years. You know, it's like I started on Saturday, Saturday became Saturday and Sunday. 
Then Saturday and Sunday became uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And then the thing that sealed it was my boss came to me and said, hey, we have a board op opportunity on Monday night. And it was like my blood ran cold for a sec because like we, we had talked about this casually where it's like, I'm like, well, you know, Desmond, Elijah, you know, I'm not going to be around forever. Um, you know, maybe it's time we start thinking about the future. What, what, what do we do? I mean, you have, you have kind of like a legacy proof name in the Monday project and that you can do whatever you want with it, that kind of thing. Um, but it was, it was the day that I was, I was grateful for, but also kind of sad when it, when it actually came. And it's like, it, it became the dilemma of, do I continue to do radio for fun for free? Or do I do radio that I'm getting paid for that I really love? I mean, I'm, I'm, during this era, getting very uh, uh, proficient at my job. Um, I'm building a reputation as, as a go-to person, and, and I'm really liking it. And I f- am finding that it's, it's really uh, working all of my muscles. Uh, professionally, personally, and, and as a hobby. Because, like, you know, I would, I would do a show on Monday night, and then throughout the week, I would uh, chop it up, process it, and post it as a podcast. And then I would go to work and, you know, run a, a run board and, and produce shows for, you know, heritage radio stations, you know, working, working with uh, big time radio personalities and, and doing, uh, doing news. And, and so it was like, I wasn't, I wasn't f- so focused on any one thing. Um, and I thought I, I thought I got a pretty well-rounded experience. But again, the, the, this Monday night opportunity uh, came along and I was like, guys, I, I got to take it. And it's like, well, of course you got to take it. And it's like, you know, what happens next? Are, are the two of you, um, Elijah and Desmond, are, are you guys, um, you know, ready to, to go on without me? And they, they absolutely were. I mean, they, you know, they had, you know, obvious self-doubt, um, but they, you know, that, that's, that's what they wanted to do. And um, part of my motivation for, uh, wanting to rebrand as the Monday Project is because I, I wanted something that could potentially outlive me. I mean, that's that's maybe too maudlin. Outlast me, I guess, would be a, um, a more accurate uh, perspective. Um, so having, knowing that, you know, they, they were in a great position to uh, continue without me. And uh, so it was interesting. And, you know, when, when the end came, the end came quickly. Like I think, um, you know, we already had our show set up for Monday, July 17th. And I think I had talked to my boss maybe sometime earlier in the week, you know, so plans were already in place. I'm like, I'm like, okay, well I can't do it this week because I, 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 I already have, I, I've made obligations. You know, I have a responsibility. I have, I have obligations. So I can't, I wasn't just going to ditch them. Um, prior to that, like, like a week or so 
uh, two weeks prior, uh, on, on July 3rd of 2017, it was episode 100. And episode 100 was a very special night because like that was the first time that Mickey and I had, um, had we kind of reconciled a bit talked about a lot of stuff, got a lot of stuff out there. It was a great conversation. And, um, and yeah, so we did a show together. So it was, it was the, um, it, it was the Avengers of the KGRG era of all of my various shows, because like it was, it was Mike and Mickey, but it was also Desmond and Elijah. Um, you know, it was Amanda and Spencer with fries and then, um, also, uh, uh, several other folks that, you know, kind of popped in and out throughout the night. It was, uh, it was still one of the most fun, uh, shows I've ever done. I still point to it and it's like, I, I'm glad that I had that as episode 100 and had the opportunity to celebrate that milestone before my time came to an end. So it was, it was between then, um, that, that my boss came to me. And, um, as I said, we already had our, had a show for the 17th, uh, set up. It was a, uh, live set and interview with a new band called Flicker and Fade. Now Flicker and Fade was basically a, a rebranded version of these young fools where basically they, they uh, wanted to create new music and go, go a, a different direction, something that I could relate with in a big, bad way, having renamed my show three different times previously. So it's like I, I understand from wanting to do something different creatively. So they and Desmond and Elijah know that this is my last show, but the band doesn't know. And... I was very specific about that in that I didn't want that to cast a shadow or be a cloud over the festivities where, you know, uh, because like, you know, we, we, again, it was a, it was a three hour show where they, you know, they, they played like three songs live and then we um, uh, played some of their recorded stuff also, and then just did a whole lot of interviewing um, it, it was, it was a really great solid show. So, but then like on the last break, I, I share with them, I was like, oh, and so as, as we close out, by the way, when, when the end comes, the end comes quickly. This is, uh, this is my, uh, this is my last episode and it, it ends up going on way longer than I anticipated. Like cool guy, Luke was there and you know, we, we kind of have this celebration of Mike as we, as we get ready to, um, as, as we close out and it was great. It was fun. And I did the thing that I had promised myself that I would only do on my last show. Um, I, I talked about this with Taryn Daly from KISW um, a few months ago when we talked about our top 10 bad religion songs. And one of the songs um, very high on my list is a con song called Cease off of their album, The Gray Race. And it, it's, it, it's, um, it's very melancholy in that, you know, it, it's about um, endings. And... I had told myself that the only time that I would play Cease 
because it's a song that I like and we had it in rotation at KGRG. So the, so the temptation was always there. And I told myself, I was like, I'm, I'm only going to play this song on my last show. And sure enough on my last show, that was the last song that, that I played. And it just ends with, you know, uh, the instrumentation stops and it's just like everything must cease. And it's, and yeah, it just, uh, um, I, I thought it was very appropriate. So my time at KGRG is over, but the this is this is this is a very interesting parallel history. So this is uh, July of 2017. So what happens then is diverging parallel paths. Uh, Elijah and Desmond continue the Monday project on KGRG. Um, and again, with, with my full blessing and encouragement, I'm, um, I admit that I was, I was happy about that. I, I was really happy um, that like one day they would want to continue with what I had started. And I don't want to necessarily give credence or entertain the component of the conversation where they just did it because they were lazy. You know, because like it's still the same intros and all that, and you know, maybe not wanting to rebrand and things like that. I'm, I'm, I, I'm not going to speak to that. But they they continued the Monday project on KGRG for quite some time, and I, I admit, I know almost nothing of that parallel history, um, to the point where, as far as I know, the Monday project itself only ended. I don't know, maybe like six months ago. So it continued for like a year and a half, maybe maybe almost two years. Um, and, and with the, the cast rotating and rotating all the way through to the point where when I returned for the um, uh, 30th anniversary of KGRG for Alumni Week, when, it, when I returned for that one night return of Mike After Dark um, last year, I knew the Monday project was still a show, but I didn't know anybody on it. I didn't know anything about it. So um, with that, I still have the itch to do podcasting. So now I'm not doing live radio and I, 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 I just have the itch to, to jump on the mic. And it, it, took, me, it took me a few to, to figure out what I wanted to do. And it's interesting because, like, if you go through the uh, uh, the Mike Seibert Radio podcast uh, playlist out on SoundCloud, it starts with episode 103, and episode 103 was on, I don't know why I'm looking, because it's not going to have the date. I stopped putting dates on things, and I still kind of regret that. Um, but basically... What what I tried to do, the infancy of Mike Seibert Radio as a podcast was me trying to, as best as I can, recreate by myself the, uh, the vibe and feel of a live radio show or, or at the very least a radio show. Like I'm, I'm playing commercials and promos and I'm playing music and um, things that I that I still do now. Like, I mean, obviously, whenever I do an artist spotlight interview now and I get ready to toss to an interview, 
I'll play a song and I will, um, I, I will set it up as if like, I'm still a radio DJ, you know, you, you know, the, you know, the cadence, you know what I'm talking about. It's like, and you're listening to Mike Seibert radio, you know, that, that kind of thing. Um, so there are things that I do that, but like in the early goings, the, the first, I'd say dozen episodes of, uh, Mike Seibert radios, the podcast, I, um, I, I'm trying to duplicate that so much to where I, I'm, I'm banging my head against the wall and making things harder and harder and harder for, uh, for myself um, to the point where, like, I, I don't know, it's interesting because like, I'm looking through the playlist now. So um, one, one, of the, one of the experiments that I did was, uh, so Lucky and I go to the movies all the time. Well, we don't now, thanks to COVID. But uh, I, I thought it's like, well... Lucky, I, I like to talk to Lucky about movies. Um, Lucky doesn't necessarily like to talk to me about movies because I, I, um, I get passionate in my opinions, um, especially if the opinions are polarizing. Like we've, we've had uh, um, very pointed discussions about like Star Trek Into Darkness or Man of Steel or other movies that really did not resonate with me and uh, that I didn't like, um, you know, I, I just get too obsessive about stuff and it, and it's a level of intensity that, that she's just not interested in. So one of the things I thought I would do for funsies, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to bring my phone with me. It's got an audio recorder on it. I'm going to record us talking about a movie, but, we're going to do this gimmick where we're doing it during happy hour. Why I thought this would be a fun segment, I have no idea. I was just being experimental. I, I, I think we did it maybe like three times. Um, but then I'm also starting to uh, reach out to folks. Like, you know, um, very early on, you know, our, our very first uh, fall TV uh, extravaganza was episode 111 and 112. Um, so very early on in the Mike Cyber radio era, um, you know, so I'm getting, getting the band back together, I guess, uh, you know, getting Dave Sanders involved and, you know, and it's interesting just looking at these, these various episodes, it's, my tone is all over the place. Like, you know, um, you know, I, I have band interviews, but then I also have these solo shows um, where I'm just, I'm talking about stuff. And then also around this time is when um, I, I'm connecting more and more with Killing Spree. Now, Killing Spree is the host of uh, KGRG's former home of heavy metal, Late Night Death, uh, was the longest-running show on KGRG uh, back in the day. And he and I have um, differing opinions on, on some things, but we have a lot in common with, when it comes to uh, movie taste. So we got into this, this um, run where we're talking about these these deep dive reviews, you know, talking for like two to three hours each about these movies. And it's interesting where like if you go back and look at the run times. So the during the KGRG live show era, you know, it's like 
three hours, three hours, three hours, sometimes more, depending upon how far over time I would go. But then, um, then when I'm doing Mike Seibert radio by myself, you're seeing episodes as short as a half hour. And the more that I do, the more confident I get in the material that I'm doing, they just get incrementally longer and longer. But now when, um, when I'm doing TV episodes with Dave, you know, that we end up talking for like three hours. It's like, do I chop the episode in half? What do I do? And then anyway, it, get, it gets to these, these mega um, uh, movie episodes with Killing Spree and almost all of those get chopped in half because, you know, we, we were just talking for so much. Others, like say like um, our episode on uh, Star Wars The Last Jedi, that episode is three hours and eight minutes of us just going over the plot, doing a deep dive, and really, quite frankly, doing a lot of complaining um, about uh, about Star Wars: The Last Jedi, and um, it, it's just kind of interesting because, like, you know, again, as I the this current run, and I would say, like, you know, from like episodes um, one hundred and three to about two hundred are probably like my most um off the wall all over the place because like during the KGRG era, you know, I, I still had a rough format in that like it was a live show that had a beginning and an end, you know, time-wise. And then we had a rough show clock in that like, you know, at 15 and 45 after the hour, um, well, and at 30 after the hour, three or four times during the hour, you know, we, we would have uh, spot blocks to play, you know, where it's, uh, you know, promos, uh, recorded material, things like that, as well as music, songs, stuff that we could take a break with. Um, with podcasting, since I didn't really know what I was doing, I was trying to, like, uh, rebrand, reevaluate, but then also... Um, just figure out what I want to do. And it just, yeah, like, like I said, it just, um, those episodes are really scattershot where I'm just kind of talking about, um, what's happening in my life. A a lot of like, what did I do that week? You know, it's like, Hey, I, I met Kevin Smith. I'm going to do a whole episode of just me talking about meeting Kevin Smith. Meanwhile, I'm still doing, uh, interviews with uh with bands you know uh new bands are reaching out to me saying like hey man we we've you know uh we've heard of you through such and such and so and so and you know hey we'd like to be on your show i'm like oh i don't know if i do that kind of show anymore but okay i guess i'm doing that kind of show now and that's that's where it kind of it it kind of slips into the format that i guess you're most familiar with now. And that's kind of like the interview style show Um, to the point now where I can't remember the last time by myself, I sat and did like a movie deep dive or just did stuff topical. Like I did, um, uh, I I did like two episodes um, about my trip to China and and that's literally the entirety of the episodes where I'm just recapping our vacation uh, when we went to China, which I 
the way that the show operates now, it's, I don't know if I would even have time to do that because generally I would just have so much content stacked and so many interviews booked ahead um, that, yeah, I don't, I don't know if, um, if time allows for that. Um, but still kind of doing the same type of thing now, like see, for example, any of our uh, toy shows that like, you know, I've done with either Dave Cabal or uh, Anthony Brucali from uh, TFU.info. It, it's more or less like the, the format is the same. It's just the content that, that has um, um, just kind of changed there. But yeah, it's like, you know, so I, I'm getting into more artist spotlight interviews and I'm doing more um, deep dives. And I'm trying to figure out at what point the shift towards, uh, towards uh, Transformers kind of seems to, seems to come in here because I want to say, uh, well, I mean, prior to episode 150 is when I discovered the Autopod Decepticast. And it's interesting how my discovering that podcast, talking about Transformers, specifically Transformers the movie, I guess that that's a very important distinction because there were several uh, Transformers podcasts around. Several of those folks I have since made friends with, but I wasn't really interested in listening to Transformers podcasts because I wasn't into the toys. Um, I was into the comic books, but I didn't know if anybody was actually talking about the comic books. Um, More or less, like um, everybody knows Transformers the movie is my favorite movie, but that's kind of really kind of like the centerpiece of my Transformers fandom. I love the comic books as well, but... Um, again, I'm not a huge toy collector, even now. Um, so the, the material that I found having to do with Transformers was just really about what's going on current with the brand, and that didn't really appeal to me at the time. Then I discover this podcast where they're talking about Transformers the movie one minute at a time. And they had been doing it for, oh, just under a year, because I, I, think, I think they were on episode number 37. 37? Um, uh, when, when I had discovered their, their show and then at 37, you know, 37 episodes, that was enough for me to go back and binge it. And so I did, I just, you know, it, it took me, I, I don't know how long it, it took me a few, but I, I did make it through it and I really liked it, um, became kind of obsessed with, some of the other things that that uh, Aaron, Ryan, and Caleb were talking about um, with regards to like, you know, third-party action figures and a lot of this stuff that I just had zero awareness of. And really, through them, it, w- it was kind of my, um, uh, for lack of a better term, um, gateway into the larger Transformers fandom in that... Um, yeah, because I and it, and it's still weird even now that so, sorry I, I'm I'm going all over the road. What what I'm trying to say is like it, it's getting into Autopod Decepticast is really kind of like the first spark that kind of starts getting me into the larger Transformers fandom. But it wasn't until uh, episode 150 
you know, and, and we, you know, we had become friends at that point where we're corresponding. Um, I was on their show. They in turn were on my show. I don't remember the, the timing or circumstances of that, but, um, you know, we, we became fast friends at that point. And I think it was, um, somewhere around there that I'm becoming aware of, uh, conventions like, like, for example, like, um, you know, there, there were conversations about, uh, TFCon, you know, the, these, uh, these transformer conventions that are, that are held in other parts of the country. Uh, but then also around that same time, uh, Nick, uh, realizes that I'm into transformers and he's like, Hey man, have you heard about this, uh, Cybefest? It's, you know, it's a local transformers convention. I'm like, no, I don't know anything about it and decided to go and bought some stuff, made some friends. Um, and yeah, it was just, um, really kind of opened my eyes. And then that fall, uh, this, this, uh, this being 2018, uh, that fall, we all go to TFCon in Chicago and, um, the guys, uh, Aaron, Ryan, and Caleb put together a panel presentation. I, uh, they, they gave me a role in that, you know, it's kind of like, like a game show host announcer type of thing. Um, uh, because they wanted to take care and make sure that, that I was included. And I was really excited about that. I, I had never traveled, uh, for a fan convention before. In fact, I had never been to a specific niche uh, fan convention before. And, you know, it was there. I, I met, uh, Jeremy and I think Daryl was there. I, uh, it gets a little foggy. We drank a lot that weekend. Um, but I, um, you know, so I, I'm connecting with these other Transformers content creators. And from that point forward, that's when Mike Seibert Radio really takes a turn and becomes a Transformers adjacent podcast because it's what had happened was it was the thing that was in front of me. And what I mean by that is that when, when I was, when I was at KGRG, the thing that was in front of me was the music that we would play, the bands that we would promote and, um, you know, and, and just basically that scene. What happened when I got connected with um, with so many new friends that were into Transformers, that became my scene, and that became the thing that was in front of me, and that's what really kind of guided a lot of my content. Now, meanwhile... I'm still doing interviews, right? You know, it's like I'm, I'm, uh, you know, still interested in connecting with um, uh, independent musicians. Um, I, I'm still interested in in doing uh, movie uh, deep dives with Killing Spree. I'm still interested in doing uh, TV uh, related content with Dave, and yeah, so it, it's kind of at at this point that my content is it, it's it's diverse but it's it's also it it only fits into certain bins like you've got like 
Killing Spree episodes, Dave TV episodes, uh, Transformers, and uh, independent artists um, uh, interviews. So it's like, you know, and, you know, every once in a while I would kind of diverge from that. Like, you know, I, I reconnected with Hunter and we talked about uh, Rent uh, on, uh, on Fox, that, that live production. But for the most part, you know, um, you know, it's like I, I did like a Chris Cornell tribute episode. I did like a Paul Allen tribute episode, uh, Stan Lee, things like that. Um, yeah, so so I get to episode 200. And this this is where the, the milestones get. Um, I, oh, I, I don't know how I want to phrase this because I don't think I've talked about this era, this current era of Mike Seibert radio in retrospect uh, before. So this is, this is, um, this is kind of new. Um, so as I, I, as I had mentioned, episode uh, 150 through 200 was basically me kind of solidifying what the show is like, okay, well, you know, the, these are, these are the various types of formats that I can do and I can still, you know, kind of mess around and do, um, do different things. And I'm also uh, revisiting KGRG occasionally to use the studios. Like, you know, um, as I mentioned, I uh, connected with Killing Spree. I also did a, a show with um, uh, Andrea, uh, somebody I used to work with at KGRG. We talked about Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. And that's, I, I think that's where my movie Deep Dive um, format kind of clicked into place. It's like, I don't know if I specifically like doing those types of shows by myself anymore. I think I like the idea of bouncing off of somebody else. Um, it, it's also during this, this process that I uh, connect with Anthony Brucali from, from TFU.info. And I'm just, it, you know, I'm just, um, I, I've joked about this in other places, but what I've found is connecting with content creators in the Transformers community is that um, I'm connecting with friends my own age that I never really did. Like, um, I don't know anybody from high school. Um, I don't really know anybody from, I don't know why I say really, because I don't know anybody from my childhood. I don't have any friends that go uh, back to say like the third grade, like, like Aaron, Ryan and Caleb. And, you know, that's one of the things I'm most envious of. These guys are lifelong friends and huge Transformers fans. And it's, um, it's something that they share. And that's kind of like the, the, the foundation and base of, uh, of their podcast. So, yeah. So, so episode 200 comes along and it's a, um, interview with Kyle Stevens from uh, Kirby Crackle, the uh, the nerd rock band uh, from here in Seattle. And um, it's the kickoff of 10 years of nerd rock uh, with Kirby Crackle leading up to um, leading up to their annual Crackle Fest show, which I, I had been a part of um, uh, a, a couple different times in a couple different capacities. Um, which which was kind of satisfying, and it was one of those things where I, I I got to see the opportunity to be 
a part of something. So I, I, I just thought that was really cool. But um, with, uh, with this Cracklefest 9, one of the things that we announced during episode 200 is that I, would, um, that I was going to be the host. I, and, and at that point, I had done a little bit of uh, stuff like that. Like I had been invited to be an MC, an auctioneer uh, for a charity event where, um, you know, I'm, uh, hanging around in, uh, in, in a suit and Lucky had a, had a lovely new dress and we're, we're just hanging out with like upper crustos and we're, we're auctioning off, uh, uh, bachelor fellows for, <laughs> for these ladies. It, it was a trip. It was, it was a really, it, it's probably like one of the most bizarre, most unique things that I did. Uh, for the uh, little black dress party, but um, but it was it was a lot of fun, and in a way, it kind of prepared me for the crackle fest thing because um, talking into a, a microphone and on a, on a computer or on a podcast or whatever, it's a certain set of muscles, and it's a different set of muscles than say public speaking. Um, I like public speaking because like one of the the and, you know, I, I think I talked about this more two years ago when I when I did like my third anniversary retrospective where I just did a conversation very similar to this where I just talked for like three hours. Not going to talk for that long. I'm getting towards the end. But I uh, um, one of one of the things that that I enjoyed doing at my previous job in my previous career is we would we would give crew briefings. And basically, you have like the first 12 minutes of a shift where you explain what the rules and conditions and guidelines are for that particular account, that particular store, that particular day. And I would always write my crew briefings and I would always, you know, like uh, rehearse them a bit and and throw a little bit of performance in there as well. There's a, there's a lot of residual crew briefing um, uh, tropes that I still do now as a, as a podcaster, like, uh, just as recently as last week, I used the joke, uh, my name is Mike. For those of you that don't know me and that those of you that do, I'm sorry. You know, it's like, I've, you know, that, that joke for me is over 10 years old. Um, uh, something where, you know, so like I can, I could get up in front of like 120 people uh, getting ready to do inventory at a JCPenney's and give this, uh, this, this rousing speech crew briefing thing where I'm doing like half shtick, um, half instruction. It was, it's a really weird dynamic, but I, I do think it kind of informed the way that I approach some of my material even now. Um, so yeah, so Kyle asked me if I wanted to host Cracklefest, and I did. It was fun. It was great, and I was really excited to host Cracklefest ten. But um, but COVID had had uh, um, other thoughts. Um, okay, so so from episode two hundred on, and it's interesting. We're we're coming up on three hundred, and I'll be honest with you, I I have no idea what I want to do uh, for episode 300 um, because like really I'm kind of like scratching the milestone itch here now with you talking, uh, talking here. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's um, the show seems to have kind of settled into 
the uh, unformat format in that, you know, obviously because of like COVID and whatever, I haven't really uh, connected with Killing Spree as much to do those movie deep dives. And I'll be honest, I also feel that some of the uh, political divides, uh, differences of perspective and opinion, I, I think some of those are are coming to a head uh, between he and I. Um, you know, we'll always be friends. He's um, um, I, I like him quite a bit, but um, he's um, he's he he's about Comicsgate, and I'm not. And I'm sad that that might be a deal breaker, but I think that might be a deal breaker. Um, and, and I'm not, I'm not going to litigate that here, but what that, what that also means is that kind of <sighs> COVID has kind of helped me dodge a few bullets and kick a couple cans down the road that maybe I don't want to deal with. I don't think I've had that conversation with Spree, like a, like a grown ass man and a mature adult saying like, you know what? Um, I, I don't, I don't know if uh, we can keep our philosophical differences from uh, bleeding into the content that we do. Because like there were times where we would glance up against some of those things and um, my perspectives are often occasionally similar to his, but sometimes from a different angle or at least what I perceive to be a different angle. I would, I would have to really do some thinking and so that I can defend that and substantiate that because I don't want to make wild accusations here, but I, um, yeah, we just, we, we just have um, a different outlooks on what that movement is about and how they uh, carry themselves and get their, their message out there. Um, so anyway, there, there's that, but, um, so yeah, so from, um, as I said, episode 200 on, I, I'm still doing TV discussions with Dave. It's kind of become a tradition. Um, also the yearly celebration of Transformers, the movie that's, uh, that's, that's become a thing. That's, uh, that, that's, um, we've done what three of them now. Um, over over the last three years, which is interesting because if you look at it from a from a different angle, it's only three out of five years of me uh, of me doing a show. So that's uh, um, but again, I I'm still meeting new friends, uh, connecting with folks, uh, new artists that I'm having uh, lasting connections with, like uh, Lucia Fasano, for example. You know, she um, uh, did uh, did our, our wonderful alternate theme song, and uh, there there are times where I mean, I, this is this is um, this is so narcissistic. But there are some times that I just listen to the Mike Seibert Radio theme song, and I have it stuck in my head, and I'm like. Radio, oh, oh, and I just, I, I just enjoy it so much, and it, it takes me a sec. It kind of takes me back. It's like, wait a sec, she wrote that song for me, and that's, that's, um, that's, that's, that's just a super cool experience. So you know, I, I've continued to do the thing that I set out to do five years ago, where 
I'm making friends. I'm providing a platform for the things that I like. Because here's the thing, too. The things that I am sharing with my audience are things that I like or that um, that there are some things I I experiment with also. Like, like for example, um, uh, last year, um, I interviewed an author, uh, Brian Birnbaum, who wrote a book called Emerald City. Um, you know, obviously uh, taking place in Seattle and has a very uh, Seattle influence, but there is not a stitch of geekiness to it. It's not genre. It's, you know, it's kind of like, I, I'm even reluctant to call it a crime thriller because it's not that. It's, you know, it's like a, it's like a narrative uh, drama uh, type of thing. Hadn't talked to an author like him before, really cool guy, really enjoyed talking um, about his book. And that's just one example I can think of where, you know, I've kind of strayed from what folks, um, the the type of content that I do, because it's all pop culture, various shades. You know, I, I've gotten into uh, supporting um, uh, various independent comics creators and their projects on Kickstarter. You know, it's like at this point, I've I've um, kind of cemented myself as an ally of a Wave Blue World. You know, I've had a uh, Tyler Chintaner on a couple times, um, and then prior to that, I talked to Matt Miner and Lucia Fasano, and, um, and you know, talking about you know the various projects that they've done, and um, they make good books and and. Um, but more than that, I just enjoy um, supporting my friends. And I think that more than anything is kind of what the legacy of Mike Seibert Radio is, is that um, while I do struggle with imposter syndrome and insecurity, is my content any good? Why do people like it? I've, I have long since accepted that the people that like it, like it. And while I don't know specifically what folks like and what they don't like, um, I, I've just come to the realization that um, folks will pick and choose the episodes they want to hang with. Like, I, I know a lot of folks are here for Transformers content. I don't do 100% Transformers content. I don't, I, I don't have a desire to do that that much transformers content now that that that's misleading um because i i have ideas of other transformers content i would like to do ideas that i've casually floated in previous episodes of uh of mike cybert radio of the podcast and really for me what it would take is somebody saying you should do that I would really like that. I have, um, because I don't know how long this video is, but like if you get this far, see, and, and this reminds me of something that I got, that I, um, that Blackie Shepard called me out on when we were doing our Transformers the movie uh, panel. I, I'm sometimes a little too coy. And I think sometimes I'm trying to be cute and, you know, it's like, you know, how how vague can I present things? So, I have subtly uh, proposed two different types of um, uh, episode recap 
podcasts. When I had Michael Andrews on a couple months ago, uh, we were talking about Transformers Animated. I have watched the first two episodes of it and really liked it to the point where I wouldn't be opposed to doing doing some kind of episode breakdown of uh, of TFA. You know, very similar in format to Autopod Decepticast. In fact, probably just ripping off their their format wholesale. Um, and most likely having Michael Andrews on as as a uh, co-host because that's that's one of his uh, uh, favorite Transformers iterations and. Um, it's something I've been looking in uh, that that it's it's an iteration that I totally missed that I have been told time and again I would be interested in, and I like it. I I am interested in doing more. Um, I've been holding off on watching more TFA because I don't know if I want to preserve the first time viewing for a potential watch through podcast. But I put that out in, you know, conversationally with Michael Andrews and I haven't heard anybody say, yeah, man, you should really do that. So what that tells me is that maybe the interest isn't there. Um, You know, maybe it's something I will come back to, but I I guess, yeah, I guess I I need that ego boost of like, no, I'm interested in that. The other, the other, uh, flip side that that um that i was recently interested in i i have several friends that have been trying to casually push beast wars on me for the last couple years i have several of my transformers friends that are that have a lot of nostalgia for beast wars i don't i skipped it i hard skipped it i you know i i don't know if that puts me in in the the specific chud camp of truck not monkey but kinda um so i i found myself with uh with a little bit of extra time one evening and i was on 2b tv and i'm like you know what i'm gonna give it a shot so i watched the first two episodes of beast wars and it's not bad the uh the animation is atrocious and does not hold up and is very jarring but the voice casting, the, the voice acting, the vocal performances are sublime in a way that um, I, I think even tran- um, uh, transcends uh, Transformers G1, you know, because like, again, the, the movie, the cartoon, uh, Ryan made this point on our, on our Sidefest panel about Transformers the movie, uh, that like the voice acting was, has always been a strong point of transformers content beast wars is is kind of in keeping with that tra- uh, tradition i didn't think it was going to be as good as it uh as it is and or it was and so should i do a a episode breakdown of that uh, i don't know um either would be i i i, I can't do both at the same time i don't think I have given no thought to the logistics on this. Um, And then it becomes time. You know, it's like, if I take this project on, what project slides off? Does that mean I'm doing less Mike Seibert radio? I don't know. Um, Yeah. So, so a lot of, a lot of logistics I, I have not, um, I, 
I, I, I just haven't thought of. Um, so yeah, so uh, it, it's, it's interesting as, as I am scrolling through the playlist, I, I have this perception that my podcast has, has slowly turned into a Transformers podcast, but I realize now that it really still is a Transformers adjacent podcast because it's, you know, there, there's, there's swaths of episodes where I'm not talking about Transformers, but then there's also plenty where I am. So, um, but I, I think the thing that I enjoy the most about this current iteration of the show is the friendships that I've made. You know, um, I, I'm still being introduced to new artists, uh, whether they're, they're, drawing artists <laughs> i have tried to figure out how to differentiate uh pen and paper uh, digital art artists and and musicians but um i think you get the idea anyway so i i'm still i'm still in that scene where i'm i'm a um a champion for independent artists but i also just like chatting with my friends also now does the inconsistency of my content, is that one of the things that's holding me back from, I don't know, uh, greater popularity and exposure? I have no doubt. Because, because of my, the inconsistency of my Transformers content that kind of keeps me, um, uh, that, that, that keeps the chair pushed in at the table for me. It's like there, there are times where my friends have invited me, like, uh, like, like at uh, TFCon Toronto, Charles explicitly during the podcasters panel invited me up. He's like, come on up here. And I, I, I didn't because I, just, I, I thought that would just be awkward because I'm not specifically a Transformers content creator. So I don't, um, while I visit... I don't live there. So likewise though, because of the the narrow well, see, here's the thing. Let, let me let me go all the way back to when I was talking about um uh Charlie Harger's podcasting digital radio class. One of the things that he teaches about, and a lot of you know uh podcasters know this already, is that it's it's about narrow casting. So if you are doing a podcast about Transformers the movie minute by minute you are fulfilling a niche within a niche within a niche I also do that kind of content but I don't do it consistently and again that's one of the things that that kind of overdrives my insecurity and my imposter syndrome but then I have folks like um, and uh, Anthony Brucalli, uh reaching out to me on Twitter DMs almost weekly saying, hey, man, I really liked your episode. And I get similar uh, kudos from, from other friends as well to the point where I really need to return the favor. So um, if, if you're one of my friends and you are making a podcast, I assure you, I am listening to your podcast and it rules. I just, um, you know, like I'll, I'll listen often when I'm driving or when I'm walking or something like that. Something to where I don't always think 
to i mean like i it, it's it's not even top of my mind the specific kudos to uh to make because saying just like hey i liked your episode seems shallow um you know i like to give more detailed feedback but i think maybe that's what's holding me back i think maybe i just need to say you know what that was a good episode i really liked it i think i'll start doing that, that that's going to be kind of like my new year's revolution here so that's the current state of um of mike cybert radio it's it is because of my fandom and friendships my con- my content has taken a shift towards a focus on transformers but not fully um what does that mean for the future like what 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 is year 5 of mike cybert radio like I guess more of the same. Um, I no longer feel the need to radically revamp the show. Like there was, there was times where I wanted to change the name. Um, but maybe, uh, you know, I, I could probably stand to up my graphics game a bit. You know, maybe get like a, a, uh, uh, a cover for, uh, for the podcast that's not just a doofy selfie of me. You know, maybe something a little more stylized. Um, I don't know. I, I, I waffle on those things because like if, if I start thinking too big, then I become the guy that drove a wedge between me and Mickey back in the day. I don't want to do that. Now, granted at this point, I've got nobody to drive wedges between, but yeah, I just, uh, I, I kind of like the low rent texture of my show like i feel that it's professionally produced up to a point but not so obsessively produced that that it's taking all of my time like at at this point now that i've been experimenting with like this live stream stuff a lot of my recent interviews are mostly one-to-one i do a little bit of processing a little bit of editing but i'm not taking ums out um that there was a time I was doing stuff like that. I don't feel the need. I think authenticity is more important than polish. Now, that being said, it's still got to sound halfway passable, but um, I'm drifting far afield. So we have, um, we're celebrating five years of Mike Seibert Radio. Episode 300 is about 15 episodes away, which means... Who knows when that's going to happen? You know, probably uh, uh, soon, very soon. What I would like to hear from you is what you would like to hear that maybe you aren't hearing. Because I do feel like in my various focuses, I create blind spots. I can't remember the last time I talked about a movie. Now, granted, putting COVID aside, but it's like, it, it's, it's weird how some of my content is just kind of taken a back seat. I'll always do interviews. Um, the other stuff, I, yeah, it's, I don't know what the future holds. Um, I also like the current iteration of the show where I, I feel like I'm running it pretty tight in that it's doesn't have a lot of flab. Like you, you go back and listen to like early one hundreds. Some of those, those episodes while they are shorter, they have a lot of um, traffic in them, like where I'm like setting up promos, where I'm setting up songs, and they're uh, quite frankly overwritten. 
um, I, I write a lot of what I perform uh, for the podcast. Like all of my intros are written. All my outros are written. Um, it's the stuff in the middle that, that kind of takes a outline approach, you know, bullet points, things like that. Or if it's an interview list of questions. So yeah, I, I think, I, I think I am going to wrap things up, uh, there. Um, I would like to thank you all for hanging out with me, uh, on, on this, uh, on the live stream here. You've heard what Mike thinks. Now tell him what you think on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Mike Seibert Radio. No mail today. Nobody likes you. Let's show Mike some love. Write into the mailbag at MikeSybertRadio at gmail.com. And of course, the spelling on that is S-E-I-B-E-R-T. You've got mail. Everybody loves you. And that will wrap things up for this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you for being here with me as I've been living out my dreams these uh, these last five years. Uh, uh, cheers to at least a couple more. And if you want to listen to the past shows, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And you can check out the full show archive out on SoundCloud. Check out those new playlists. Like, share, rate, and review the show. Let us know what you'd like and what you'd like to hear more of in the future. My door is always open and I'm always thirsty for feedback. Mike Seibert Radio is produced by Dave Sanders and is powered by Poddex. For Mike Seibert Radio, my name is Mike. And until next time, wear a mask, wash your hands, and make good choices. You've been listening to the Mike Seibert Radio Podcast. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching at Mike Seibert Radio. Email us at MikeSybertRadio at gmail.com. The spelling on that, of course, is S-E-I-B-E-R-T. Call into the voicemail hotline at 231-224-MIKE. Once again, that's 231-224-6453. Special thanks to Michael Geisler for our theme music. For more like it, check out ByDoorMusic.com. This has been a Mike Seibert Radio Production.